is everybody doing? Welcome to Free Markets Green Earth, episode number nine. I'm Nikki P, here as always with my co-host, the Liberty Hippie. Had to think about that one, huh? No, I wanted to seem like I was thinking about it. What I was really thinking about was whether or not to use your real name after it or not. I chose not this time. Okay. We'll do it next time. We'll we'll let you have your anonymity some days. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's okay. So it was a long day today as of the recording, and I was really tired. In the first episode we recorded about the movie Over the Hedge, I was not feeling awake enough to actually introduce the episode so i had to have our our friend ben here introduce the episode for me he does not like introducing episodes because he's a he's a quiet man speaking of which great movie um and the other thing that i did because it was a uh a not the greatest day energy wise for me is i said ben i don't want to think about what we're going to talk about so why don't you talk about mushrooms? Because you love talking about mushrooms. I don't even care what we talk about with mushrooms. I'm sure I can complain and come up with color commentary about anything in the world. So, Good idea. The, mushrooms it is. There, mushrooms it is. There is so many, so so many places to go with mushrooms. Um, so many things. So, fun fact: did you did you know the uh, largest organism in the world is uh, is a mushroom? I did. It's uh, is did it you? Like, is it like, you're, you're isn't special. it like in California and it takes up like half the state or some shit? It's uh, I, I it's a honey mushroom. Um, I used to be able to tell you what the scientific name was, uh, Amarillia or something, but uh, I think it's in. Oregon or, or Washington, or maybe it spreads over the two. Um, but it's basically the, uh, the mycelium. When you see a mushroom and it, it pops up in your lawn or it pops out on a tree, um, that's like the, that's, that's the fruit body. So that's like, um, the so apple. There's a fruit a I tree. don't like eating. Well, I, I don't, don't call it a fruit, but, uh, you know, we call it the fruit body. Um, but yeah, you know, and, and underneath that, um, where it comes from is, uh, I don't know. It's just this fascinating web, um, of stuff, uh, called my Okay. So and, are you um, trying to tell me that real life is exactly like the movie version of Super Mario Brothers? Maybe, sort of. Like where the, king, where the king took over the entire city and he's just a mushroom growing into everything and he's everywhere and nowhere all at once. And like sometimes he drops the bomba bombs where they can get him to do stuff. Yeah, 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 I guess. And that, that could be because a lot of it, when it rains, um, you'll see him pop up because basically the cells just expand. Um, so I guess that could work. Yeah, you're right. And you know what? I, I'm willing to put money on the fact that um, the Super Mario guys were uh, into mycology. I, I will bet on that. <laughs> $50 if somebody can disprove that fact that uh, Super Mario Brothers um, were not fans of, of mushrooms. I mean, but, uh, technically there was... Yeah, a mushroom that was your friend, and then there was, you know, Princess. Well, there was like the one-up mushroom, and you know, the yeah, mushrooms, mushrooms were very important. I honestly just assumed that it was a magic mushrooms thing, like they were into drugs, I, but 
I did too until about uh, 30 seconds ago. Okay, well, we're changing history here, I think. <laughs> hey, that's that's what you do nowadays. You got to revise that shit. But, well, um, it was revised enough the first time. Yeah, well, and that's and that's why we never know. You never know. You never know what really happened. But um, you find the people you trust. And that's all you can do. Yeah. Preferably not Alex Jones, but you know, you trust who you're gonna trust. So I don't know. I don't know. So anyway, what are what are some of the you you like, literally folks once a week? Ben messages me on Facebook with like, oh my god, did you got to see this amazing new thing that they're doing with uh, <laughs> with mycelium? And then I'll look so, at it and I'm like, fucking mushrooms are disgusting. <laughs> and no they, matter what it is, uh, it's always amazing. Like it truly is a really amazing thing, but it just. <sighs> I, I tell you, so when, um, when my kid was born, my son was born, um, he was colicky, man. Like he would, he just cried nonstop and, uh, he'd wake up at like five in the morning and you'd have to like take him out for a walk. Um, and he'd settle down and take a nap. And so I kind of, you know, we lived in, in Brooklyn at the time and lived, uh, in little, little, I don't know what you call them town, not town, little area of, of Brooklyn called Red Hook. We were right on the, the, um, Hudson and, um, or whatever, whatever it is down there at the Bay. I, I don't know. Some nasty body of water. Um, it's another weird. Fun fact, it's you, weird it's that those places only... that like really are really caring about water have the shittiest of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty gross. It's pretty gross. They're, they're doing some it's another article I, I will have to send you. I have to find it. They're doing some, um, some work on oysters there to help, uh, help clean the water, but we'll get into that another time. I think it's a, a state run program. So, uh, okay. you know, exactly. But, um, yeah, so I, I was into birds and, and it was cool. Cause you know, you could see different birds and the fact that I was living in this big urban area just paved over and built up and there were still all these birds. Um, and then as he got older, uh, I came into mushrooms and dude, I, it just, it's amazing. Like they're everywhere. They're, they're everywhere. Their mycelium is everywhere and, and you don't see them. And then one day it rains and it pops up and it's like, there it is. Wow. Like, you know, it's just nature kind of, it, it amazes me like that. Um, it's one of those things that just God, puts in. I know, I know, I can't help it, but you know, it's like you look out and you got to feel the grass one day and tomorrow you look out and you can't see anything. But if you got close, you'd see a little golf ball of, of a puff ball. And in two days time, you have this thing that's, uh, you know, half the size of a soccer ball. Uh, we had a couple of those in our backyard this, uh, totally edible this past year. You know, I did not choose to eat it, but you should, they are excellent. You can make mushroom burgers and you can and cut you know them in much, slices. You know how much oh. I would enjoy that? Yeah, I'm going to tell you, I'd just be completely wasted on me. We, me and Liz, we've been, we've gone vegan at times. Like we've gone, <laughs> like we, we've done a lot of things where that's a, a useful thing to have in your arsenal. Mm -hmm. I just cannot like mushrooms. I've tried, I've, I've done every. Every type of mushroom anyone has ever pitched to me, <laughs> I've tried them. I, I think I'm just too into the texture. Like the texture really, really, really kills me. 
Yeah. And to be honest, like I, I love foraging for them. I love finding them. Um, in terms of eating them, it is not my favorite thing to do, but, um, you know, I, I will. If I, if I come across a big old mushroom, big old puffball, big old cache of, you know, food, uh, I'm going to take it home. I'm going to eat it. So, but again, like I said, those are, that's, that's the fruit body. You know, underneath is this big network of, of mycelium. And um, there's a lot of things that can be, can be done with that mycelium. Um, that so, are, describe to me this mycelium, because I'm just kind of imagining a, a very thin, wispy root structure. I mean, that's just kind of under, underneath everything. Pretty much, I, I think that's what that is. Um, I, I don't know the exact specifics of it. Some mushrooms have um, something called a, a rhizome, uh, your wine caps. Um, they have like more of a, a root on it, and, and that's, you know, the rhizome. Some of the mycelium, you, you, when you pull up a mushroom and it just stays below ground, um, that's kind of your mycelium. If you go out and you kick up some, uh, some leaves in the woods and you know, there's that white sort of net of things. Um, there's a good chance, you know, it might, might just be a mold, but there's a good chance it's some sort of fungus. Um, and even mold, some molds are, are, you know, (coughs) slime molds are, are fungus, but, um, yeah, there's, there's so many things to do with, with fungus. And, uh, I think, you know, last episode, we got into GMOs and we started talking about, uh, I don't know how GMOs are, are bad or not, uh, not, let me correct myself here. Not necessarily GMOs, but, um, GMOs that are modified to, uh, work in tandem with a specific pesticide, right? Like your, uh, your, uh, roundup ready soybeans or corn, right? That's a problem. And that, and that's a problem for multiple reasons. Um, you know, we talked about pollen spreading and, um, you know, now, now I'm going to end up growing your roundup ready corn. It's going to cross with my corn. And, uh, when I save the seeds, I'm going to, I'm going to have to deal with that. Um, and there's, there's also the fact that, um, you know, these, these, when you dose something, when you dose an organism with anything, eventually something, one of those organisms that you're dosing is going to live through it. It's, it's going to survive. Um, you know, that's kind of how nature works. It's awesome. Yeah. Except that, um, when you're poisoning it to kill it and it survives, your poison no longer works. And, and so that's, that's one of the problems with, with GMOs is that they're, it's also a problem there's, with vaccines. Gotta be, we got to come up with some sort of distinction. We need to come up with some sort of distinction between like, you know, GMOs that are come from, you know, selective breeding. But I'll stand by to, it. That's the thing. They don't want us to do that because uh, God forbid if we ever actually started getting granular on the problem, like people, people would realize 
that it's not that GMOs are the problem. It's that certain things that we do with GMOs are the problem. And, and, and that's what that's the that's the issue is that you can't have a normal conversation about any of this because it's a complicated problem, and we don't have the language to discuss it at, in the layers that we need to be. Like literally, most people that think about the issue, all they think about is GMOs bad or GMOs good, right? And because they, yeah. they think about you know coal, they think about rice that can be grown you know in drought conditions. They think about you know they think about feeding the world. When they think about GMOs, unfortunately, uh, they don't think about like what that entails. Mm-hmm. Because the way the whole thing started was that we needed to make we needed to make food that was resilient to the increasing, increasing number of chemicals that we were putting on food to keep it from you know having as many pest problems as it was having. So we put some dangerous shit on it to kill the pests, and then we need to modify genetically the food to be less susceptible to those same poisons that we're killing pests with. Yeah. Now, if that's the reason that you're, like, that, if that's the reason that you're genetically modifying food, I'm not behind that. Like, I'm not at all. Right. Now, if you're doing it to change the character of it or to find hardier plants, that's the biggest thing. A lot of this has to do with it. It's just human beings who didn't want to wait. Like over time, yeah. like foods have been changed. Like you, you, you keep the most robust tree. You keep the tree that's going to put off the most fruit. And you keep doing that year after year. You cross-pollinate with other plants that do the same. And eventually you've mm-hmm. got sturdy, robust plants. Now the problem is, I think one of the bigger things that we don't we don't deal with in the GMO community is that um, what it does to biodiversity. Because biodiversity is a very important thing that, mm-hmm. I, I, unfortunately, I will say that I don't think that people in general on the, the right side think about biodiversity enough. Um, no. Mostly because I think you can be making a lot of fucking money <laughs> keeping biodiversity a thing. Like, yeah. But... Yeah. No, that that is a that's a big one. Um, the biodiversity thing is is really it's uh it's important. It's uh, you know it, well, it, the thing is it's not important until it is right. Like and you know it, it it's a completely useless thing until oh wait this that disease that we just created through GMO modification that mm-hmm. none of our food is capable of dealing with. Well, you just ended the entire you know, <laughs> food spectrum for human beings overnight. Well, that, that co- and that goes back to like, not just, you know, the GMOs, but, uh, the, the subsidy, subsidy, I, I couldn't say this word last time. Um, subsidization. Subsidization. Sub, I'm, I'm not, I, well, it's, I'll do and, it and what's, what's funny <laughs> is that, uh, giving subsidies to farms to, to run, one variety. I mean, I can grow popcorn and I can grow sweet corn and I can grow field corn. And guess what? It's all the same. Like it's all the same. Like, you know, like you have, you think about squash, you know, you have your zucchini, you have your little sugar dumpling squash, you have your, your, uh, big Hubbard squashes, you have your pumpkins. Those are all in the same genus. You know, those are all the same, like, Genus, uh, uh, I can't say a cougar tosse. Um, <laughs> but 
they're all Kukabrits, right? And, and that's all the same. You know, all your zucchini, you go to the store, there's yellow zucchini, there's striped zucchini, there's green zucchini. It's all, the, that's the same species. You know, um, your, your little delicata squash is the same species as, as your zucchini. If you have something that comes over and, and it's no good for that one species, like it's all gone. And when you think about that in terms of like soybeans, yeah, you can grow three different ty- well, types of uh, what's funny about soybeans. This, like, and this is kind of like an off the wall. Like we don't think about, like we think a lot about uh, animals going extinct, but we do not mm-hmm. think a whole hell of a lot about plants going extinct. And one yeah. of the most notable ones to me is that if you've ever thought that banana candy has a very unnatural flavor. Did you did you say banana candy? Yes, because banana candy, the, the joke about it is that banana candy doesn't have an unnatural flavor. It's just my grandparents were the last generation of people to eat those types of bananas. So banana candy still tastes like a banana that no longer exists. <laughs> what? Where can you find banana candy? I, I'm trying to think. And the only, I think maybe Laffy Taffy is the only I banana will, candy. Well, I mean, I've. I'm sure Runts are banana too. Like, there's just lots of bananas oh, okay, out there. Okay, okay. But I'll, uh, there's actually a video like <clears throat> that I could I could send you of a guy who makes banana candy. And, you know, he's, one of the things he talks about is that the reason it tastes not like bananas like you're used to having is because it's a, a type of banana that no longer exists. Right. Um, I would, if I were to make a guess, it was probably something that a country, <laughs> their government did that, you know, made money mm-hmm. and they farmed it out of existence. Yeah. Um, but whatever. Yep. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. I, and, and that's a problem, right? All this, it, it boils down basically to these big monocultures, um, you know, and, and that's, and that's what happens. And, and there's problems when you do that. And right now, because we have, you know, just massive, I don't even know, you know, but massive numbers of, of acres, square miles of single varieties um, being grown. I mean, let's, let's there's, not even bother getting into soy. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Between the soy, the corn, the the oats, the wheat, like it's huge. That's a huge number, um, and a lot of it's you know this kind of but roundup then we've ready stuff. Feed the or, world. We do a we bunch do, of food sure. that can't you know? even grow on most of the world. Uh, I it, so many tangents to go on, so many rabbit holes. I had a professor in college that, that so I we're talking I, about, I we're talking about mushrooms. I, I won't go there. I'll save it. I'll save it. Save it for another time. <laughs> um, but yeah, mushrooms. So how do how do mushrooms tie into this GMO business? Um, there's this guy, Paul Stamets. Um, I think I don't know how to say his name. Stamets. Stamets. Um, he's he's got a number of books out on like how to grow mushrooms. Mushrooms are actually really easy to grow. Some of them, um, you know, like oyster mushrooms, you can just, I mean, you know, sterilize some coffee grounds with some peanut shells and toss in a, a mushroom, pre-existing mushroom, and they'll colonize that and it'll go. Um, you do the same thing with the, 
with magazines. I, I did it with a, a big old Uline catalog that I got. Um, anyway, he, he writes books on that. Um, and one of the things he did what recently, is like the nutritional profile of something that's growing out of a magazine. I'm just curious. I, I don't know. I don't want to know. Um, okay. I, I thought about it. I thought about it. I was like, this is, this is probably pretty gross, but, um, I don't know. Cause you know, a lot of magazines use soy based ink. Um, you know, the paper composition, you know, there's glues and stuff, but you know, they, I would assume they break it down to some degree and no, no, and that's I'm just, a, just curious, you know, it's not something to think about as it is. Mushrooms don't have a whole lot of, um, nutritional value. They're, they're very high in, in vitamin D. Um, they're one of the few, few, few foods you can get vitamin D from. Um, but beyond that, uh, they tend to be fairly high in protein, don't they? I mean, I think in, as far as vegetables go, okay. um, yes, there's a lot of, um, chitin in them, which is basically like the same thing as like a, like your fingernails or, or like a shrimp shell or whatever. So if you eat too much of them, um, it just passes right through your body. And that, and that's wild mushrooms or, or store-bought mushrooms. Um, your body just can't digest the, um, the chitin. So okay. Interesting. So see you later. It slips right out. But, um, anyway, Paul, Paul Stamets here has, um, figured out a way that, uh, as this one article says, could spell the end for GMO foods. He's a big mushroom dude. Um, I know the name. And yeah, he's like, I mean, mu- mushroom people are crazy. Um, I, you and, have to be to hang out with mushrooms all damn day. I'll tell you that much. Hey, well, it's just like, there's, the world's you think libertarians, uh, you think libertarians are bad um, about breaking into subsex and uh, hating on each other for, for stupid crap um <laughs> mycologists are the same way dude but um yeah so he he discovered a mushroom based biopesticide um that is just as effective if not more so as synthetic chemical pesticides without any health or environment disrupting effects um so basically he now he patented a strain so I, I assume he somehow crossed a mushroom or something. I don't know. I don't actually know how you would cross a mushroom. Um, the whole reproduction part is kind of lost. Um, I, I haven't looked at that that much. But basically, he patented this mushroom. Um, they only called it M. Anisopoli. So I don't know what genus it's in. But... Um, Basically, <laughs> bugs don't like it. Um, bugs won't eat it. So if you grow this mushroom and you crush it up and you, I don't know, sprinkle it around or make it go airborne, spray your crops with this stuff, um, the bugs are going to go away from it. You know? Interesting. And uh, there's there's other things out there. There's your... your um, your neem oil, your, uh, your, um, diatomaceous earth, your, uh, your BT, Liz your, your bacillus, uses, uh, diatomaceous earth in the house a lot. 
Yeah, it, it, it'll kill stuff, you know. She sprinkles um, it along the edges of the house to kill ants, I guess. Yeah, it'll do it. It dries them out. Um, we had a problem with fleas at one point in time in, in Vermont, and it, it did them in. Um, you know, there's but so there's there's other stuff out there. Um, and he he came up with this mushroom thing. This you know basically, but like makes your crops invisible. So that's like that's so, a cool thing. But there's like mm-hmm. even more amazing things. There uh, in, are, partic- I mean, in particular, the one thing I was thinking about is you were telling is it the there is a fungus that they're talking about working to actually eat oil in the oceans <laughs> was one of the ones that I w- you sent to me that I was like that's pretty amazing. So where to go? Well, okay. So um, there's no is, one- is, it, is it more amazing or less amazing than I make it sound? Well, it's less amazing because I think um, I think you you, you uh, ooh, I my my communication skills are poor. They actually have mushrooms that eat plastic. Right oh, now. that's what it was. So they have and right. So there's mushrooms they have that um, will grow on plastic, I guess. Um, and it's you know it it breaks down the petroleum chemical, products, the chemical bonds in in plastic, which is is basically yeah petroleum products. Um, and I was I was going out on a one of those imagine if things that I like to you know drift off in the middle of the day and, and and daydream. But you know there there are so many different. Okay, but, but things that uh, well, I'm going to be do. honest though. So even okay, even if we're we're not we're not taking it to imagine if territory. <laughs> what you just said is that one of the few things that we have that goes into landfills that we have no way of doing anything about. You're telling me that there's something out there that can, in fact, help with that issue. There's something. Yeah, something um, that can eat plastic seems like one hell of a thing that we should we should people should know about at the very least. Yeah. Um, so so the, the state of the world's fungi 2018 report, first of its kind. So uh, I guess now we're having reports done on, on the world's fungus. Um, Who puts it out? That's all I want to know. <laughs> I don't know. Is it a state-run um, state company? I don't know. The website is stateoftheworldfungi.org. So I hear state, I, I don't know. so immediately I dislike it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know though, man. Fungus, f- mushroom people are are crazy. So it could very well be like a separate group of people. But anyway, um, so th- this report highlights the as- Aspergillus tibengenesis fungus. So some mushroom found in a Pakistani rubbish tip and first documented in 2017. So it hasn't you know been around too long that they've known about it. Um, but yeah, basically it it breaks down plastics. Um, well, so, but the thing is, so, and and this is something that was, is this made in a lab or is this just something that naturally occurred as a reaction to the environment that human beings have created? Yeah. So it, it definitely wasn't in a lab. Um, are you trying to tell me that Mr. Chaos Chaotician in uh, Jurassic Park was right, and that nature will find a way. I, I um, I think he just may have been right. I mean, you know, and, and that's it. Uh, you know, 
there's so many things out there like this. You know, I remember I, I sent you an article about um, some fish that uh, crossbred with another fish and uh, or introduced some other fish from the Gulf came up and, and intermixed with its species and it was able to survive in really polluted waters, you know, because of the way their, their genes came together. Um, you know, there's all sorts of stuff like that where, yeah, nature, nature finds a way. I'm not saying don't be concerned about what we do to the planet either. I don't want people to take that because a lot of things do happen. And if you go through historically, the state is almost always the worst polluter on earth. I mean, cause we could, it, if we really want to, we could just say that everything that happens in, in for industry in China is mm-hmm. state run. So, you know, yeah, yeah, it is. And, and, uh, we don't, we don't that, have to, um, we don't have to think about those pictures of cell phone batteries either. No, but did, did you see the article on, um, the uh oh god what was it the the par was it the paris cords i don't know something about the uh there was china still putting out like ozone depleting chemicals and you know we couldn't people couldn't figure out why the ozone wasn't like healing the as much as it should be and it was china releasing chemicals but they were still part of like this and i was i think it was paris i don't know anyway um yeah no i mean that makes sense and you know, at the end of the it's day, though, state you've got to be able, at the end of the day, you've got to be able to tell tell those people they're not allowed to improve the standard of their living. Yeah, it seems like a, a shitty. You know, hey, it's awesome that we're all wealthy over here and that we have a, a an amazing standard of living. But you know, we took some shitty things to get here, and we're here though, so we're gonna kind of ride out this. But you know, you're not allowed to. We know you have the largest population on the planet, but you're, you just got to stay where you're at. Yeah. You, you gotta put yourself on pause. Keep burning that dung in your hut. Cause, uh, you know, can't, can't go looking for coal and we got to use these alternative things. And unless you're going to put a, a propane wood stove in your, your little hut, you know, but you can't use a wood stove. You never want you to no. chop down a tree to make that happen. <laughs> you're, you're contributing to deforestation. Uh, you're polluting the environment with excess carbon. No, man, you can't do that. Uh, <laughs> I want to try. I want to try. So, I, I, you know, we've got... I have a wood stove. Plastic eating... <laughs> oh, I grew up with a wood stove. They're wonderful. They feel they feel like great. The heat is great. We'll just say that. Hmm. If you don't have a gigantic house, no. they're a wonderful way to heat your house. Uh, actually, we were me and Liz were yeah. watching a schoolie video the other day, and they had a nice small wood stove in their schoolie, and that was pretty tight. Nice. Uh, you gotta love it. The, the heat is a totally different heat, and it just like surrounds you. It's your whole body. Oh god, it it does. It feels great. <laughs> I, I, I um, don't care. So, anyways, yeah. what I was getting at was, so you, you, we've got mushrooms that eat plastic. Potentially, could be mushrooms that eat oil. Um, mm-hmm. Now we have, 
what was the other one that you, I think you sent me that just sounded completely disgusting? But apparently, there's now a potential meat alternative for the vegan people out there made out of the same shit. Oh, God. That was, uh, yeah, I said that to you a little while ago. Uh, Is that the was impossible? Um, yeah. The Impossible Burger or some shit? Impossible Burgers that they made out of. Um, well, well, while I'm looking for that, I did want to also, you know, they don't just break down plastic. Um, there was another, they called it, it, this article said a white rot fungi, um, varieties, Pleurotus austriatus, which I think is just an oyster mushroom. Mm -hmm. Um, mushrooms also act as like bioaccumulators. Um, and so they can pull things out of the soil, um, really well. And one of the things that they, they do, um, is that they, they degrade PCBs basically, um, and, and help break them down and help pull them out of soil. So, you know, it, it's not just your plastic milk jug that, uh, this, you know, different well, types why, of so mushrooms. Why don't I hear will. about this? So you're telling me is that something think, that has been thought of as bio, non-biodegradable forever is apparently biodegradable. Given the right circumstances, I, yeah, and I think I think it's it's multifaceted. I think it's politics newish, you know. I think it's newish, and it's um, you know still studying it, still learning, still figuring out how to sort of mass produce uh, this sort of stuff. And and I think you know, like any sort of alternative um, to to the mainstream thought you know, it gets, it gets swept under the rug. It's not, um, something that, uh, I mean, good Lord, just think of the commercial value of that. Yeah. Like yeah. You, you being able to come into a, a poisoned land property and reclaim it. Like there's plenty of places mm -hmm. that, that, Oh my God. You know, clearly that old, that old lot that used to have a gas station on it. Yeah. You pick up for pennies put some, put some mushrooms out there and some lamb's quarter out there. Let that stuff grow for a couple of years and you're ready to go. Now, yeah. what's the fun, amusing or what's awful about this is that, so what we're talking about here is we're talking about like long, clearly long time preference uh, actions. Like the people that would do stuff like this are, you know, it'd be large companies or, you know, individuals that see value in a property uh, maybe not for mm -hmm. themselves even, but for their children. Like, well, this this property is worthless to me now, but if I buy it and do the proper actions in a hundred years, this property can be incredibly valuable to people. Right. Like you said, just like that gas station in the middle of the woods, like you you talk about there. You know that that could be almost worthless now if it's like in out far mm -hmm. enough. But you get enough time, and you you reclaim it. You know, a hundred years ago, who the hell knows what's going to be in there? Like that parcel of property could be at the site of the next big city. You know, it could be, at the, you know, right along the next thoroughfare from one place of the part of the country to the next. Like you, you have no idea, you know, and mm -hmm. if, if you, I'm sorry, I could just go on forever. Like it, it's, <laughs> there's, there's a certain nature to time preference that a lot of people just don't think about. And it's, uh, it's a very important thing. So, 
Yeah, they are. They are, and it goes it goes beyond that. I um, think it's why so many there's some other things. Like, I think in, in with environmentalism, it's probably the worst, is because everyone wants to have everything fixed right now, or maybe even better yet, yesterday. So they don't think of the things that can be done over time that don't don't negatively impact human flourishing, but still provide the same outcome on the global scale. Because like you said, that, that that's a uh, the like uh, the plastic the plastic eating mushrooms like that's not something that necessarily ever existed. Those fish aren't something that ever existed. Their reactions to mm-hmm. what we've done to the environment. To sit there and think that the environment is just going to let us do what it's going to do to it, like that's not something that's going to happen long term. Yeah. So. No, it's not. It's and it's an interesting, interesting concept, interesting idea. This this notion that nature won't give up, that nature won't let us, as humans, kind of totally destroy it that it, it, it will survive it will hang in there and and do what it needs to do and perhaps um, mushrooms are going to be the key to everything maybe maybe super mario brothers was like a glimpse into the future you know mushrooms everywhere we're we building houses out of mushrooms so much, man. they are they're, they're building starting to build mushroom uh mushroom houses <laughs> basically out of the mycelium um packaging you know you you basically you make a form and you stuff it with like oat straw or, or something like that. And you basically colonize mycelium on it. And, um, you know, you pull it out, you dry it, you put your product in there, you ship it. And when I go throw it out, um, I go throw it wherever I want. It's totally biodegradable and it's going to break down. You know, I mean, just think about that. And maybe I'm conflating two things, but I feel like wasn't somebody building like building housing out of mycelium like they were growing uh you know walls essentially out of it like like preformed like you were doing with uh, the packaging and then mm-hmm. you know they're building structures out of those preformed walls yeah um i i don't know where the article is offhand i don't know where i saw that but yeah you, you can and and they're they're doing that um you know using it as uh, paneling for houses to, to build, to, to actually build architecture. Um, they use it. There's people using it for, um, I don't know what you call them. I can't remember, uh, installations in museums, you know, um, in terms of art, you know, it's, I love mushrooms because there's like, there's so much there to it. They're all around us and all we, all we see, yeah, they're everywhere. And all we see is this little thing that pops up out of the ground or pops up out of a tree after it rains and it's here and gone in 24 hours, 48 hours. And we don't ever think about them. Um, and then there are so many things that can be done with them, you know, whether it's spraying a field to, to keep pests off it and using it as a, as a biopesticide. Or, or building a house or, you know, breaking down some toxic chemical in the, in the ground that, uh, you know, the, the state spent billions on to clean up and they couldn't clean it up. And so this mushroom cleans it up. Um, they just, I don't know. There's something about them that really just. I'm sure at some point you get us some, some mushroom people on the show. 
This is something we do need to end up. We need to get around to doing is uh, getting some guests on. Yeah, because there's some things that yeah. like I'm. There's things that I'm definitely not an expert on, and I would like to know more. I'd like to have more of the facts, and I think that we all we all we all need that, especially on the our side of things. <laughs> no, I, I I hear you. I hear you. It's um. Yeah, I I. I, I trying to find some mushroom guys and it's tough because you know mushroom people are, are well, you uh, said they're clicky apparently it can be it can be and and they're eccentric people you know um and and i am the only eccentric person you can deal with <laughs> two of us would just be too many you put you put how many how many eccentric folks can you put on one podcast and have it work I don't know. You just have to call it a libertarian podcast and it'll figure itself out. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> anyways, uh, anything else you want to talk about with the mushrooms today, Mr. Pangy? <sighs> I don't know, man. Um, I think that's it. There, and then there's the whole side of, of mushrooms in terms of, uh, the psilocybin. And um, PTSD, oh, yeah, and that's that's its own sort of thing. The health effects, you know, but that's the fact that's a that, whole other thing. The fact that we've been preventing people from healing themselves for years and years and years because yeah. why? I don't know. Because <laughs> uh, you know, because there's there's more money to be had when they're uh, when you can't heal yourself when you have to depend on the state to heal you. Oh God. Yeah, and and what's funny, like I said, is I guess kind of as a, a send off is that um, one of the mushrooms have been a controlled substance for a long time, and we're finally making headway. And I think unlike the the length of time that it has taken to have um, legislation surrounding marijuana taken seriously, mm-hmm. psilocybin is is happening fast. Like, it is <laughs> like shit that Holy. took twenty years for weeds taken. A year, a couple months in some cases. Like, yeah. I think, was it Oakland? I think that just, uh, just had a that law that like if it grows out of the ground, it's not like it's decriminalized, just bottom line. Yeah. There, it, cause there was a bunch, it was, it was mushrooms and mescaline, and I feel like there was something else in there. But yeah, man, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like, I live in Georgia. I live in cow territory. When I first moved into grow my there. house, just fucking pop up everywhere. Because the guy, the the guy that I had live, the house we had a lot of cow us, fields up in New York, so I know it well. <laughs> yeah, it was just there was our house was a bunch of cow pasture before like we got here. The house was here, and everything else was cow pasture. And everywhere they, they were everywhere. They were everywhere, and. And and I'm it not just saying Ben, you know, went and harvested them, and no. they now grow in a refrigerator in the house. I'm I'm afraid of my conspiracy. What is it? Was it? Because uh, mushrooms are. I actually lived in a place, and that was one of the concerns when I moved in: is that a guy was growing mushrooms in a refrigerator in his closet of the room yeah. that I took over. It like there. If they come after you for mushrooms, like they're, it's not messing around. Like it's, it's, um, cause I think it, it, when you start growing them, it's, it's considered a conspiracy or something, right? Like it's not just, 
you know, possession with the intent to sell it, you're a little, conspiring a little outside to, of my legal depth, know. but that's probably the way that I would know. deal with it. Um, it's, it's something messed up and it's like, holy, like, dude, it's, it's something that, I mean, birds, birds, it's the birds, man, the birds come and they poop and like they transport it in the spores in their poop and it ends up over here. And I'm sorry, it's growing on my land, you know, like I had nothing to do with this. Um, but yeah, but yeah, like I said, that's <sighs> sorry. We didn't we didn't even get into the whole <laughs> psilocybin thing, really, and that's because that's it's, that's such a big a big thing when it comes to to mushrooms, and it's like you said, man. Like, I'm not a mushroom person, but it is pretty amazing all the things that seem to be possible with mushrooms. So much, so much, and they and it's funny because you know they're they're decomposers. They break things down. And they can heal so much, you know, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's a little, little hippy dippy little out there for you, but, uh, you know. <laughs> right on boss. Well, you think that's about it for today? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I'm done. I gotta, I gotta go to go get something to drink and take the kid for a ride. All right. All so, right. well, it's been wonderful as always talking to you, Ben. Yes, sir, buddy. And uh, so um, let's go, folks. And uh, look, I think I found my catchphrase. We, we, we talked about it earlier in the uh, the series that you have your catchphrase, your reap sheaves <laughs> of freedom. I'm, I think mine is going to be follow the incentives. Follow the incentives, yeah. I get get all Austrian yeah. up in this piece. Just just don't get shot while you're looking. <laughs> right on, boss. You have yourself a good one. All right. Take care, Nikki.